Well, ladies and gentlemen, once again, it's time to go inside EMS. I am your host, Chris Subalero, and I am so excited to be here with you on this Friday. And uh, another man who's excited to be here with me is our good friend, Kelly Grayson. KG, how are things going for you this week? Oh man, can't you can't you hear the excitement in my voice? I am I am overjoyed to be here as opposed to climbing under my house and working on plumbing and learning how to do it on my own. Yeah, how's that going for you? Uh, I, well, um, uh, I have a hit list now of several contractors and and plumbers in in South Central Louisiana uh, that I would like to uh, to put a contract on. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, um, uh, apparently, uh, keeping your word and customer service are, are long dead concepts, uh, after the hurricanes. And I think that's one of the, yeah, probably that hurricane did a big thing on people of trying to catch up on all that work, but we're going to send positive thoughts down there to you. And, uh, you know, hopefully that you get things uh, worked out. I know that you're send, send water and <laughs> send water uh, along with the positive thoughts. All right, we'll do that. We'll get, <laughs> we'll get a truck going down there, you know, but Kelly, as we get into this week's uh, topic, you know, one of the things that I was thinking is our organizations, you know, we have a lot of history, right? And it's mm-hmm. the history that we have that uh, we really need to kind of pay attention to. And the longer you stay in an organization, you're now setting the history for the next generation that's coming. And I think yep. that that's what's really exciting. And March 17th, just recently on this week, uh, not only was it my birthday, thank you very much. I didn't get anything from you on my birthday, Kelly, but we'll talk about I sent that you, later. I sent you my best wishes, man. And oh, did you? you? I missed the, it. You didn't no, get I the didn't. hookers and blow? No, I did not, but uh, oh, man. We'll, we'll edit that out, but we'll edit that out. <laughs> but uh, but on March 17th, one of the things that, that happened in the history of EMS was the 25th anniversary of FDNY and EMS merger, which I thought was really oh. interesting. And we have the president of FIRE, the FDNY Local 2507, Oren Barzillay, and he is joining us to talk about that merger and that history. Oren, I want to thank you for joining us on Inside EMS. Thank you. Uh, it's an honor, a pleasure to be with you guys. Uh, you know, uh, as you mentioned, uh, March 17th uh, is the 25th year anniversary of us merging into FDNY. But uh, also, um, it's uh, the same week, March 16th, where our sister Yadira Arroyo was killed in the line of duty. Oh, oh goodness. Right. That's right. It was. And uh, certainly when we, we talked about that on this show as well, and that was just a horrible event. And again, we send our thoughts and prayers to family and certainly to the men and women that are having, uh, you know, still remember uh, their their fallen colleague. But uh you know, one of the things, too, Oren, that uh, we think about when it comes to this merge is I remember when this happened. This was big news in EMS, right? I mean, you had the, out in the West Coast, you had, uh, you know, the Los Angeles Fire Department, you know, had a little bit of EMS going on. But this was really big news when it came to it. And you were, you were around when this happened. So what was your thought? I mean, were you excited? Were you, you know, were you kind of, what the heck's going on? I mean, what was the emotions back then? Yeah, you know, so... Um as the largest EMS uh, provider in the nation, it was big news. I mean, uh, you're taking the biggest EMS agency and you're putting into a fire agency. So uh, I, I was going on my second year at that time. So I didn't really, you know, uh, have much uh, feeling about it because I didn't really understand. Uh, I'm a 23-year-old guy, uh, just started here. 
uh, everybody knew the big red machine was a positive force in our city. So, uh, you know, there was contentions with the older guys in EMS, but uh, it was a very interesting times 25 years ago. Yeah, and one of the things, too, is that, you know, there there were some challenges back in that day, right? When you think about prior to the merger, I mean, 15, 30-minute response times, and now, you know, fire is now, this merger's coming in. Was it because there were challenges with that system, or was it just more of a cost-effective thing to kind of make it a, a little bit more efficient? So uh, that is uh, what they were telling the public, but the reality is and uh, this is in no way taking a shot at any fire services. Uh, fires were down in our city. And, uh, you know, when you have a 10,000 uh, uh, workforce in the fire system, and, you know, they were looking at closing firehouses, they came up with a plan of getting them more productivity, and that's by doing EMS runs. So that was the uh, way of saving firehouses, and, you know, they would invest into the police and into the fire services all the time. Uh, response times were horrific. Like you said, 15, 30 minutes. But that's because they didn't want to invest in EMS. Uh, instead of giving us resources, they decided to merge us and stop the clock when the engine gets on scene. You know, it doesn't matter that an ambulance will still take 15, 30 minutes as long as they stop the clock with the fire engine on scene within five minutes, that's all that really mattered to them. Ah, or, and I, I remember the, the debates on, on the EMS forums of the day, uh, and, and the merger, uh, or at least from the outside looking in was, was kind of contentious. There were a lot of people that were, uh, that were, uh, against the merger and, and had some serious, uh, reservations of how the two cultures, uh, would merge. Um, how has that played out over the last 25 years? And, and uh, um, are, is there, are you a seamless unit now or, or is, uh, is, is EMS still, you know, trying to catch up with the rest of the fire service? So, um, you know, uh, fire departments across the nation have great traditions. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they have a, a great camaraderie around the houses. And in New York City, to become a firefighter 25 years ago was extremely difficult. You know, you, you had to pass tough uh, agility tests to get in. Uh, it's not just uh, book smarts. You had to be physically fit for that job. So uh, for EMS, there was no agility test back then like there is today. So for us, when we first put on that, that uniform that said fire on it, it was very hostile, you know. Um, I, I remember uh, when they called our trucks in uh, to change the lettering. They used to say New York City EMS on them. And then it, uh, they called the trucks in and they took they changed the letters to say FDNY ambulance on it. So what, my truck was one of the first ones. And I worked in Harlem and I remember it clear as day today, pulling up to a call with the firefighters and they looked at us like, you know, they were pissed you know, yeah. to see that red and red ambulance uh, lettering saying FDNY uh, on our truck because, you know, for them, it was not easy earning that patch FDNY. And here we are 
went from an EMS patch to an FDNY patch. So uh, it, it was challenging in the beginning. Uh, there was a lot of contentious, not just from them towards us, but from us towards them. You know, we had career EMSers mm -hmm. and they wanted nothing to do with fire. They just wanted to focus career into the medical field. And they felt, the senior guys felt that fire had nothing to do with medical. So, uh, you know, there were, there was a lot of uh, demonstrations, you know, uh, court battles, uh, council hearings, trying to block it, but eventually it went through, you know, it didn't matter. Uh, but as the years went on, um, the fire department allowed EMS to take a promotional exam to become a firefighter. So that um, was considered a backdoor way to get into the fire department. So let's say, uh, Chris, uh, you, were, you were in EMS. Uh, you wanted to promote to become a firefighter. You would take the, the written exam. If you scored a 70, and let's say I am in the public. I'm, I'm not EMSer. I'm just a regular Joe from the public. I took the, uh, the public exam to get into the fire department. If I scored a 100 and, and Chris scored a 70, Chris will have a preference over me because he's in the fire department. So uh, that, you know, uh, made uh, them even more angry as to we're not as qualified to be firefighters as a guy on the street who scored 100. Uh, but that was the back way, back door way to get into fire. And I can say that since then, it's been over 20 years now mm -hmm. since uh, that uh, uh, promotional opportunity came that more than half of the firefighters now are ex-EMSers. Wow. So they, so they understand what it's like to be EMS. Uh, the relationship is, uh, there's, uh, there's respect, you know. They, um, they know what the job is. They know what EMS is. And every time, uh, you know, we run each other into jobs, you know, you will hear the same tone, the same message. I wish I didn't have to leave, but the pay was just terrible. Sure. That's the reason. That's the reason I left, and, and you would hear that from everybody right. that leaves EMS. The only reason they left is because of the pay. I right. mean, you we're talking yeah. about top pay of fifty thousand dollars for an EMT and a hundred, a hundred thousand dollars to become a firefighter. There's no. It seems, it seems like Orin, this is a great place to to kind of throw this in. I mean, so when we think about this pay inequality, this happens really in EMS as well in these fire-based services. I mean, what's the answer here? I mean, we really got to be able to address this from a, you know, both the political side as well as the economical side. I mean, living in New York City isn't cheap, right? And you've got to be able, you, I mean, you, people can't buy a home, you know, they have to continually rent. And especially when you're not making, you know, equivalent to what your peers are making. I mean, uh, what, what's the challenge and, and how do you get that rectified out there? It's extremely difficult. You know, uh, a starting salary for an EMT is a dollar over the minimum wage. Uh how do you how do you survive on that? You know, many of yeah. our uh, our men and women are are extremely suffering. They still live with their parents, you know, adults living with their parents, or they have to find a roommate. Uh, it, it's it's insulting. It's demoralizing. Uh, you know, how do you put a value onto on people who bring life back and bring life to this earth? and not acknowledge them, you know, the city mayor's office needs to start acknowledging that. The entire yeah. city is aware already of what we're doing, you know. Uh, we knew for years that our job was dangerous, and 
COVID just exemplified how valuable EMS is to the, to the system. Uh, so uh, it, it's impossible surviving on these wages. Mm -hmm. uh, many of our men and women live outside the city. Uh, some live in shelters, some sleep in cars. You know, uh, it, it, it is troubling when you hear that, but it's, that's the reality. You know, some yeah. of them are in Section 8. Some of them get uh, food vouchers. Oh, my it, goodness. It's, you know, single mom, single dads living on $35,000. I mean, they love the job, but $35,000 in New York city. Oh God. Yeah, exactly. That, you know, that's, you, you know, know, have firefighters and, and police officers making 85, $100,000 a year and they're crying, but they need more money to survive in this city. Can you imagine how we feel? You know, and, and Oren, that's, that brings me to a, I, I had wondered how to broach this subject because uh, it, it seems that in, 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 in many parts of the country, uh, the, the EMTs within the fire department are, are considered second class citizens and not treated on the par with their, with their uh, fellow uh, members of the department who, who do fire suppression. And, and while that may not be, you know, from what you tell me, the culture has changed within the fire department and you guys are considered part of the part of the brotherhood. Now uh, it seems that the city still doesn't value the work that the EMTs do. You know, and 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 that the the city merged FDNY and New York City EMS uh, as a, a cost saving measure and to to save the fire department's uh, uh, jobs. Yet they still treat the EMS workers as a means to an end. And and you know that was that was trumpeted uh, by by your mayor who who just you know dismissively waved off the fact that you guys are living on poverty wages. Uh, by saying, well, the work is different. Um, so what is the, what is the union doing there to educate your mayor and fill that gaping hole in his knowledge about the value of what you do? Because, you know, if you're like any other fire department, EMS in the country, uh, the EMS workers are doing 80% of the calls or more. Right. So, so you're carrying the load for FDNY yet you are being paid poverty wage. Dude, I make twice what what uh paramedics make in in new york city and i'm living in louisiana i'm not as, I'm, I'm wealthy compared to these guys Absolutely. so so what are you guys doing um uh what kind of uh of initiatives is the, is the union taking toward educating the mayor uh, and the populace on the value of what you do and, and working to get you better wages so uh you touched on uh something that was uh very important and key to our success was when you said that the mayor mentioned that EMS is different. Uh, so in 2019, when he made that uh, insensitive comment, we took a campaign uh, uh, against him, uh, a radio campaign, uh, informing him of what exactly is that we do. And, uh, you know, we... We educate the public. We've run uh, radio ads. We've done social media ads. Uh, the press has been a huge uh, help to our uh, campaign about uh, pay equality. Uh, this mayor uh, publicly and for years has spoken about justice and equality for men and women in New York City, yet it, he's spewing uh Empty words, empty promises. He, he yeah. doesn't stand by what he 
uh, calls himself on as a true leader when he says he's going to fix the injustice and the inequalities in the city. So, uh, the pre the, like I said, the press has been a, a huge resource to us um, uh, addressing this issue. And council members, uh, had, had the New York City Council held hearings and a they uh, did a resolution that the mayor fixed this problem uh, last year. And uh, we have been negotiating with them for the past few months. And we're hoping to have this uh, issue finally put to bed. You know? yep. It's a disgrace of what you do to, to the men and women here. And yeah. finally, uh, we also filed a federal lawsuit against him uh, for discrimination. You know, uh, many of majority of the workforce in FDNY EMS is people of color, over 50 percent. Ah. And we have the highest uh, minorities and we have the highest women in first responders in the state. Over 30 percent of our men and, uh, of our force is women. Awesome. Uh, is that the reason why you're keeping our wages low? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, so. We'll see. You know, uh, it, it's still in the courts, but hopefully, they'll put the right thing before he leaves office and gives us that uh, justice that we've been uh, uh, looking for. Well, hopefully, he'll do that. And uh, you know, this is and this is really an EMS issue when we talk about the inequality. And, and hopefully, there's going to be some great things that come from it. And we're going to be watching what ha what's coming out of New York City because there's a lot of uh, uh, you know agencies across the U.S. that may need to follow that same suit or but I want to switch gears a little bit with you because I mean we want to talk about this from a from a happy note as well right and, and the merger was something again that was historic and really kind of started the cascade of fire departments getting into the EMS business uh, way back uh, what was it 1997 I guess right is when this yeah. all came about but I, I want to talk about you know some of the things that were really positive in in this merger right I mean if you could kind of put your finger on one thing that said this merger really kind of helped us to achieve but what do you give us you can say that the fdny is all about helping the communities the fdny is all about the public you know we've got to help them at all cost and that is something that i truly respect that you know the fdny's uh mission is to save property save lives and help in any way they can. So that is definitely something that uh, I think has is being accomplished by the FDNY. And I hope we continue on that path. You know, they they do invest uh, in uh, in their agency. However, it's not invested as much as in EMS. You know, we do eighty to ninety percent of the work, yet we only see uh, a fraction of the money that's funded. So with with the uh, with the merger, you, you would say that that at least in in terms of public image, uh, uh, being associated with with FDNY has improved uh, the the status status and the public image of of EMS uh, for New York City. Uh, you feel like maybe the the citizenry looks at you uh, in a more favorable light now that you're part of the fire department. So twenty five years later. When we still get on scene, uh, all the firemen are here. You know, it's uh, the, yeah. uniform is the, the uniform. <laughs> you know, the uniform is the same. The yeah. truck says FDNY. The they, uh, the average person still does not know the difference between EMS yeah. and firefighter. 
Yeah. And I, and I wish that they would uh, invest more in that. Uh, maybe uh, maybe it's got to start in schools. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah. the perception of EMS is not uh, well known uh, by the public as it is about the fire department. Uh, and that's really across the United States as well. I mean, you know, yep. we, it seems that once a year, you know, in May, we try to bring the education during EMS week to the people that we're serving. And, you know, Kelly has a great way of saying that, you know, we should be doing it 51 weeks a year. And then mm -hmm. we should take one week off a year just to take a break, yeah. right? Because yeah. that's really where that falls into. But, you know, one of the things I want to ask you, Orrin, since you're here, um, you know, September 11th was really kind of uh, a horrible time for the city of New York. I grew up in Middle Village, Queens, and every time I left my house, I was able to look to my left and see the towers right there in, in uh, Manhattan. And I was able to, my life was part of that, right? I mean, we'd go up to the observation deck. My friend asked his wife to marry him up there. I mean, you used to go down in the, the stores that were below, and it's just horrible that uh, what transpired. But there was great pride uh, from an EMS standpoint of all the work that was done. Um, horrible, the the men and women that were lost. Um, but maybe just from your side, I mean, some of those points that came from the, that horrible disaster for the department, if you can kind of share some of those with us, you know, I think that would be awesome to hear. You know, uh, September 11 is known as one of the darkest days in, in our nation, uh, particularly to the fire department, as they took a huge hit that day. Uh, it was 341 firefighters and two paramedics that got killed. Uh, and even though it's been, it's going to be 20 years this year, uh, that that damage hasn't stopped. We have, uh, on a daily basis, we still have World Trade Center uh, responders who are dying. Uh, so it's, uh, it, it's, it's tragic. We have so many people who are sick, so many people who are still fighting cancer, fighting what, you know, many ailments from that day. And uh, it, it's, it's a day that, None of us should ever forget, as we said back in the day, uh, some of us uh, will hold that day forever in our heart. Uh, you know, and it's and, and that's one of the most insulting things about the whole thing is that 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 uh, of the sacrifice that FDNY made on September 11th and then the men that they lost, you know, our our government promised. Uh, that, that they'd have your backs and, and that, uh, and they would keep faith with you and take care of you for, uh, the, the injuries and the illnesses you suffered from working the pile and, and the, and the days thereafter. And, and the government has had to, uh, be forced to keep their word and keep their faith with their people. Uh, and that to, to my mind is, is the most, uh, uh, insulting thing of it all the fact that you guys are, are still having to fight uh to to get the benefits that you you deserve uh and and to get the the long-term care for the health effects that you're suffering after all that so uh you know it, it's it's not just uh, the new york city mayor's office that's treating uh, you guys like second-class citizens it's the country too 
uh, or right. our national politicians who uh, who just uh, I, I guess the the best thing that can be or the most uh, uh, accurate thing that can be said is that uh, politicians just can't be trusted. <laughs> but um, you guys are you know sounds like you're you're winning the 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 uh, battle in the court of public opinion, and that's one thing that will sway politicians. Uh, is when the when the voters start uh, asking them tough questions on on what are you doing for these people, uh, they you start to get some responses. So uh, hopefully that will keep up and that uh, that you'll get the uh, get the benefits uh, restored and maintained for as long as it takes. You know, um, that is another tale of two different cities when it comes to the World Trade Center. Yeah, and. Um, you know, the, the firefighters across the nation are a unified force, you know, they uh, and I credit them for that. I'm not taking mm -hmm. anything away from them. EMS uh, is, is not unified across our nation. And hopefully one day we'll be able to unify all of us. But when I said uh, a few seconds ago about Tell of Two Cities, uh, on the fire side, if you're diagnosed with any element of World Trade Center-related issue or cancer, or whatever ailment it, it is, uh, the law allows you to retire on disability. However, it's not the same for EMS. Uh, our members could be on their deathbed and they're still denying them their disability, mm. which is something that we are fighting with them every day. Every day, nobody, you know, you know, it's, we have documents, you know, even the fire department uh, gives the uh, pension board saying these people are disabled, they can't work anymore. And they denying them their pension. Uh, it's just heartbreaking that 20 years later, they're still suffering from, a, from an event that happened 20 years ago. You know, I, I got to tell you, I, I don't, uh, and we kind of talked about this, Oren, before we got on the air. Um, and I, I don't envy your job, right? Because you, you've got a very, very, uh, it's like pushing a bicycle up a hill with a rope, you yeah. know, you're, you're trying really to be, uh, you know, the voice of the people who need the voice. And, uh, you know, I, I applaud you for your efforts, uh, of being the president for the past four years, as well as, you know, we, we look to the professionalism of the FDNY and I think we all, uh, you know, keep our eyes to the East as you know, what's going on there, because it does help us across the United States when things are moving along uh, to know that this is this is the standard of what needs to happen. And whether it's pay, whether it's benefit, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, just uh, inequality in uh, of VMS against fire. And I just want to applaud you and your staff for uh, being there to represent the EMS worker. You probably don't get that enough from people from outside, but uh, certainly, uh, you know, it, the challenges that you guys have to go through, um, I'm glad they have someone like you in their corner to try to help. Thank you. Thank you for, for that. I, I truly appreciate it. It, it is, uh, you know, it's a never-ending task. Uh, for the person that was here before me and for those who will come after me. Uh, the fight, you know, will continue to elevate EMS and get that recognition that we deserve. 
Well, one of the things that I think you said, which gives us a little bit of hope is, you know, the percentage of EMS that are now in the fire department. And hopefully one day um, that uh, one of those people will become chief. And hopefully that gives us the opportunity now from uh, to have a fire chief that has good fire experience and a foundation of EMS to be able to be uh, uh, part of the solution as well. But, uh, you know, I want to be respectful of your time, sir. And I know that you've got tons of things going on. And on this 25th uh, year, the week of the 25th anniversary of the EMS merger with the fire department, I just want to thank you so much for joining us on the uh, Inside EMS podcast. Absolutely. Uh, it was a pleasure. And I appreciate also the time you giving me to uh, air out what we, what's what been happening with EMS. And hopefully I'll be able to join you again. Oh, we'd love to have you. Anytime you got something that you think is going to be great news, uh, okay. informational, please just get in touch. We're happy to have you on. Great. Well, I mean, it's great. It's great to talk to somebody with an accent like mine because you, you hear what I got to listen to from Louisiana, <laughs> from Louisiana, right? Yeah. Yeah. I want to thank all the men and women in EMS, not just in New York City, across our nation for doing a phenomenal job. Uh, I know we are not recognized as other first responders sometimes, but just know that here in New York City, we acknowledge you and we appreciate the great work that you're doing across the country. Thank you and stay safe. So Kelly, well, I mean, uh, a great and, little show and, uh, yeah. And, and from this, from the perspective of this Louisiana boy, uh, Oren, we appreciate you being on the show and, and we greatly appreciate the, the efforts you're making on behalf of the, the EMS workers in New York city, uh, and seeing that they are, are treated as part of the brotherhood, uh, on, on a par with their, their, uh, fire suppression and, and police, uh, brethren um yes. it, it's it is a never-ending task and we appreciate you doing it and uh i'll end the show by saying uh, you know our new york listeners politicians bow to public opinion and, and this is an injustice uh on a, a large scale uh that ems workers in new york city are not paid uh uh, uh, on a par with their public safety colleagues and they are not, and they're denied, uh, benefits that the rest of them get uh, pretty much automatically. So this is something to bring to the attention of your elected officials. So, uh, be vocal, speak out and, and, uh, help Orrin in his push to, to get EMS workers in New York city treated with, uh, with equal pay and respect. But Hey, that's what we think. We'd like to hear what you think. Email us at the show at ems1.com. And for myself and co-host Chris Sabalero and our special guest this week, Warren Barzillay, thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We're going to catch you guys next week. <laughs>